Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. What an absolute, uh, the way Brent opened the service, just, I, I don't know if you realize what a privilege it is to be together as we're together and to, to just um, uh, that unity that's here. I know that there's some of you that, that have yet connected to that. And um, what I believe is God's going to give you the ability, again, as I said, to take the next step. You know, there's nobody judging you for where you're at, but what I desire more than anything today and the purpose of this service this morning is for you to come closer to Him than you were when you came here. To, for you to know more about Him than what you knew. And, and if you think, well, I know it all, well, God bless you. You probably need to go somewhere else. Because if you think you know it all, you're in trouble spiritually. And uh, um, I, I just, I want you to, you know, some of you have come in here with some very real issues in your body, and I know God can heal them. And I know he wants to heal them. I know he wants to, to, uh, to for that just uh, wholeness in your life. But more important than your physical healing is he wants your spirit to be alive. There's some of you here this morning that are dead. And, and, uh, and let, let me read it in Ephesians chapter number, uh, well, no, I'm going to start in John 5, and then I'll get to Ephesians. In John chapter 5 and verse number 25, he says, I assure you an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. Whoa, that's kind of weird. It's not weird. When you've experienced your own personal resurrection and you realize, as it declares in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in whom you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens. The Spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out our inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and were by nature children under wrath as others were also. That is a mouthful. That is the very purpose, reason that Jesus came and died for us because there was no other way for us to come alive. What I want to see this morning is somebody experience a resurrection for the dead to come alive. And I believe that that literally can happen as Lazarus was called out of the grave by Jesus. And what an incredible event, but I'm telling you more incredible is somebody who's spiritually dead to become that brand new creation, to allow the Spirit of God to touch your life and bring literally bring life to you. I want to declare to you this morning who come in here believing that, that religion or this idea of faith was going to make your life all great and nothing's going to happen. 
It's just not true. You are still going to struggle. The, the Scripture says it is few days and full of trouble. And there may not be a healing to your body. There may not be a healing in a relationship. You may uh, 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 walk suffering all of your life, but your spirit man will be alive. And because your spirit is alive, there will always be something to be joyful about. You will continually walk in a place of hope. Regardless what happens around you, you're going to have an assurity and the presence of God that's continuous. Jeannie was telling me the other night as she is always reading and looking into stuff, she said, she said, honey, do you realize how much the COVID just absolutely blew our world up? Not just the world in general, but our world. You know, there are people that, that were here before COVID hit, when COVID came, for whatever reason. I'm going to tell you what, it was, an, it was an attack of the enemy unlike anything the church has ever seen in our generation. And, uh, and you say, oh, how terrible, how terrible. I, I, I just think that that those kind of things in our world are only going to continue. And, and you know, we're looking for uh, um, this tranquility. And I'm going to tell you what, this world is not tranquil. And it will never be. But what can be at peace is you. What can be stable is your life. What can be filled with joy regardless of what's going on around you is you because your hope is in Christ. I got to tell you that is the only thing that doesn't change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was the same before COVID. He was the same during COVID. He'll be the same in all our tomorrows. He doesn't change. Thank God for the rock that we are built upon. If you're here this morning and you don't feel that life, I, I'm going to tell you, hang on. Hang on and listen. Because if you hear His voice, you're going to live. It says here that, and I'll, I'll start again in Ephesians, and we too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and were by nature children under wrath as others, the others were also. There is nobody that gets to escape that. If you're here today and you feel like you're more wicked than most, uh, I'm going to tell you God doesn't keep score. Not when it comes to making you alive. What he sees is life or death. What he sees is darkness or light. What he sees in your life is a separation that he wants to bring relationship to. And regardless of how bad you think you were, you were not bad enough for him. We all had those inclinations, and we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. There is none good, no, not one. There's nobody that can declare that they deserve that. So if you're here dead today and you say you don't deserve to be made alive, that, uh, alive, that is a lie. Jesus came so that you could 
have life. And it goes on to say here, after the idea that we were by nature children under wrath as others were also, it says, but God. What a statement. But God. But God in my life. But God who was rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us made us alive with the Messiah even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace together with Christ Jesus. He also raised us up and seated us in the heavens. Say, well, my religious experience isn't that powerful. Well, maybe you got religion. Maybe you've gotten inoculated so you don't catch the real thing. But I'm going to tell you what, Jesus is the real thing. Relationship with him brings life. His voice is what causes you to go from death to life. You are, are, are willing to listen to him. And I just, I, my prayer this morning is not that I preach a good message. Because they come and go and you'll forget what I said next week, but you will never forget if you hear his voice. You'll never forget it. If you'll hear it to the point that you respond to it, that you do something about it. Not just listening, but listening and then acting. How many of you are ready to do what God asks you to do? So, Father, I'm asking your voice to be heard. In the midst of all that we're doing, Lord Jesus, you can make this as individual and personal to the one that's in need this morning. I'm asking you to sit beside them right now and let their ears be open to hear what you'd say. One of my most favorite events in the Scripture is in John chapter 4. Jesus is, the Bible says he's weird, and I, I don't have the time to read the whole story. I'd love for you, when you get home, maybe you can read it. It's John chapter 4. Uh, he's weary, and he sits down at a well, and he sends off his disciples, and uh, he's thirsty. You know, he, he has experienced every thing that you and I experience. Like nobody understands. He does. Don't let the enemy twist your thoughts. He lived as us. God manifests in the flesh. And there he is sitting in a well. It was more than just being weary and being thirsty. He had a divine appointment with somebody that he wanted to declare his goodness to. I love the fact that he would minister to thousands and he'd feed 5,000 with the fish and there's 25,000 probably on the hillside that day. But, but he is uh, uh, not impressed always with a crowd. He is willing to go out one-on-one. -on -one. And in fact, I would declare to you the only way that we are made alive is that one-on-one -on -one connection that he has. It's great that we worship together, and we do, all of us that are made alive, but I was made alive because he personally called my name. 
Because he reached into my life and I heard his voice directly to me. It wasn't this overarching voice to a multitude, but he spoke to me. Because I had the gift of God to hear it. And just, he was drawing me and I listened. I went from death to life. So he sits on the well, and along comes a Samaritan woman. And uh, the background of that is the Samaritan were Jewish half-breeds, if I could be so bold. I'm not trying to be offensive, but they were not purebred. The Jews had a, a, the way of thinking is if you were not Jewish, you were a Gentile, which means you weren't under the covenant. And... uh, they were not, the Samaritans were not thought very well of. And uh, uh, so Jesus sits down and the woman comes along and she, he says to her, would you give me something to drink? He, she said, what are you doing even talking to me? I'm paraphrasing. He said, I, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew. Why are you even, you know, talking to me? He said, well, if you knew who I was, you'd ask me something to drink and I'd give you living water. What are you talking? You don't even have a you don't even have a vessel to put in the well. What are you talking living water? And then they go on this dissertation. And she declares, Well, we're waiting for the Messiah. He goes, Who are you? <laughs> and and he gives a little bit of revelation. The, the prophet in him says, Hey, go call your husband. She said, I don't have one. She says, I know. He said, I know it. You've had five. And the guy you're with right now isn't your husband. This woman was a floozy. I mean, she was, you know, not of a high moral character. She was somebody that probably the most of society looked down on, huh? Nah, you know, God love you. I, I don't, you know, a divorce or two is all right. Five? You got a problem, lady. <laughs> and uh, so J- Jesus, do you realize he was unmoved by her condition of her flesh? Totally unmoved. It was like we, we try to qualify people. Jesus, if you're going to tell, do you realize this is the first person in the New Testament that he reveals that he is the Messiah too. Well, first of all, it was a woman. I don't understand. You know, we, we think about this, you know. And not only that, she had been married multiple times, and now she's not married, she's living with somebody, shacking up. We got to clean her up before... God ever can do anything. And you know what? Oh, man, he busts through our religious ideas in a moment. And the only reason I say it is not that we laugh about that situation, but some of you think because of what's gone on in your life and the degree of failure and immorality and addiction and all of these things that have happened, that it disqualifies you from Jesus coming along and speaking into your life. And I'm going to tell you the very opposite is true. 
He has made it a time and the effort to come and sit by you at a well and offer you the living water and declare to you that he's the Messiah. That lady, she could do nothing but be in awe. Say, I perceive you're a prophet. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, she went from a place, I believe, and, and, and just if you look at this, she's in Samaria. She goes out and spreads the word. Acts chapter 8, there is a revival in Samaria. And what I believe, it is that little lady's testimony going back to the highways and the byways and says, hey, this man named Jesus spoke life to me. So, this is what he says in that dissertation that I want to make a point of. He says in John chapter 4, verse 23, he said, But the, an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. God is a spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. That is a declaration of truth right there. He declares to this woman a, an incredible truth that, that it, it affects generations. There was a form of religion that drove the world and drove uh, Judaism, even God's chosen people. And God wanted always for there to be true worshipers. Not to have a relationship with religion, but to have a relationship with Him. And He tells that lady that's, that's making all the excuses, He said, there is an hour coming, and, and, and it's now that, that the true worshipers are going to worship the Father in spirit and truth. I'm going to tell you, we misunderstand what it is to worship. This here this morning was not a worship service. You don't worship in a service. You worship in your life. It's a style. It's the way you live. When we come together, this is a reflection of our worship. It is powerful when true worshipers come together and praise. Then it's powerful. But you get people that don't worship God and they come together and they sing. It's nothing but a concert. Oh, you let true worshipers that have just lived for God. I'm not talking perfect people. I'm talking people that have made Jesus their priority. I'm talking about people that were knew they were dead in sin and they've been made alive and they're thankful for it. And because of that life, giving God that cared so much, they have surrendered and said, Lord, your will be done. That is true worship. And I'm going to tell you this as I'm going to close here sometime. See where we're at. Now i got some time. Listen to this. The spiritual battle that's going on around us is fierce. As I say, the attack of COVID and, and, and all of these things, how it blew, blew up so many things that we just, you know, uh, uh, it is essential. I can't, I can't overstate this. The idea of you just coming to a Sunday service 
and that being the sum total of your religious experience is not going to work in the days and the weeks and the months that are ahead. If there's ever a time that true worshipers are going to, and I'm going to say they must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That worship is that desire in your life of you finding the next step. It's not that you have to have it all together and that you know the ins and outs of everything because nobody does. But the priority of my life is, Lord, what is my next step in your kingdom? Where would you have me go? What would you have me do? And finding that and walking in that because what's going to happen is this seduction and perversion in the perilous times that's around us as things become worse and worse. There's going to be turmoil. And if you're not careful, you're going to be caught up in the, just the, 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 the absolute vortex of confusion. And it will rob you of peace. It will rob you of joy. But if you're alive in Christ and you're a true worshiper of Him... I'm telling you, there can be a storm around you, and he'll be your shelter. You can get the worst of the worst news, and you can have a, just a solid foundation in stability, knowing that your spirit man is alive. That regardless of what happens to this flesh, I'm an eternal being right now. And my home is not here. My home, there's going to be a time when I'm going to tell you what, righteousness is going to be at home. Man. God. One more here. Romans chapter 13, it says, but, or besides this, Knowing the time, Jesus says in, in all of these scriptures, he says, the hour's coming, the hour's coming. Then he says in Romans uh, chapter 13, he says, besides this, knowing the time. If there was ever a time to figure out how, how to have a relationship with prayer, I'm telling you, it, it's time. If there was ever a time for you to be involved with a fast and come together, well, I don't know if I could pray. You know what? Now is the time. And I, I realize we're not wanting to put anything more. There's no, you know, uh, uh, pressure on you. But fasting is powerful. And if all you're going to give up is caramel popcorn, you're really not committed. Unless you really like caramel popcorn, Maybe. But I'm telling you, we want to make it as easy on us as possible. You know, we don't want it to cost us anything. And your spiritual pursuit and being a true worshiper of God and worshiping Him in spirit and in truth is sometimes putting to death the things of your flesh so that your spirit man can be alive. So besides this, Knowing the time, it is already the hour for you to wake from a sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is nearly over and the daylight is near. So let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the army, armor of light. Let us walk with decency as in daylight, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual uh, impurity or promiscuous 
or promiscuity, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no plans to satisfy fleshly desires. Stand with me. You can. Read books about how to live a good life. You can, you know, determine you're going to do the right thing. <clears throat> but unless you allow Jesus to make you alive, all of your doing, all of your attempts ultimately amount to nothing. The idea today is for God to speak and for you to have life. I've been, been, I've been sitting back here for the past half hour feeling like I'm going to explode. There is a gift of God in this house today, and some of you are really feeling it. I'm going to identify it for you today. There is a gift of repentance that's come to you. And if we want to move past everything that we have experienced in the, in the past few years over COVID, the things that it's done to our faith and our government, that it's done as far as what might come into our lives, we have got to have a fresh anointing. It's in this house today, but we've got to repent of the things that are keeping us from God's presence. And I'm just going to tell you what I saw during the worship. I saw as we were bowing before him, telling him that he's worthy of everything. You cannot believe this garbage that I saw rising up to heaven. The addictions and the pain and the faithlessness and the fear. And I watched, as it were, the face of God receiving those things. And I'm telling you, church, he was smiling. I said, why are you smiling over this? He said, because it's what my sacrifice does. It gives my people life. It makes them happy. I give, I take, they, I, they give me these things that are so bad for them, and I give them health, and I give them life, and it is my joy to receive it. And so whosoever will receive it, receive it. Repentance has come to you today. All glory to God. All glory to God. We rebuke the devil in Jesus' name. We will pass from, life, from death to life this morning. Whosoever will. In Jesus' name. I love you, Lord. Come on, if God has spoken to you at all, would you take time? Would you pray? Would you lift your hands? Would you step out of your seat and come down here? Take the next step. Take the next step. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. And remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.